being efficient equals productivity plus time management plus staying on task. Because you need those three things to work together. Productivity is generally exactly how it sounds, how productive you are with your time. It's how you use your time. Time management is really that planning and controlling your time. And then the staying on task is whatever you need to do once you set your intention to actually do whatever your intention is. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. If you ask me what tool has been the most impactful for my business... I would without a doubt tell you that it's been meditation. Meditating has always been a way for me to get quiet with myself and hear my inner voice who always knows what's best for me. Let's face it. We women entrepreneurs are bombarded with social media feeds, events, and so-called experts telling us what we should do to grow our businesses and have success. But at the end of the day, We each know what the right moves are for us in order to feel truly fulfilled and aligned in our companies. This is why I created the Meditation for Women podcast, so that you can have a powerful tool created with you in mind to help you hear your inner voice, find peace in moments of high anxiety, and let's be honest, we all have that in our businesses, and ultimately take the next best steps in your journey as a woman. So go check it out. Just search for Meditation for Women in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show right now. And if you love it, subscribe, rate it, and review it. I would love to share this gift of meditation with you as you continue your own beautiful journey. I'm gonna just state for the record that I don't believe in this thing called work-life balance. Rather... I like to refer to it as an intentional management of my values in any particular season of my life. But Suzanne Brown does believe in work-life balance. So I invited her on to share why she does and more importantly, how we can truly achieve it. Suzanne should know a thing or two about work-life balance. She's a wife, a mother of two boys. She's a marketing strategist for seasoned businesses and she speaks and writes and consults about work-life balance to the masses. And just like you, I would imagine, she has a few things that she's trying to balance. Just a few. So during our conversation, Suzanne and I discuss why she believes in work-life balance and what makes her version totally doable. How boundaries are a vital part of work-life balance because they become the backdrop to our time management and how we structure our priorities. We both give examples of what boundaries might look like in your business, processes and procedures, time blocks, etc. And lastly, we talk about what to do when you're phasing out of the balance that you used to have, but it isn't working for you anymore. This is a very robust conversation about how to ultimately make it possible for you to have, be, and do anything you could possibly want with the added lines that I like to add, 
for this particular season or not all at once or whatever caveat makes it obvious that our priorities are always shifting. So if you really believe or want to believe that you can have anything you want to happen in your life happen and you can really do it all, then this is the conversation to listen to about how to make that practically possible. Suzanne, what's up, girl? Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I am very, very happy that you're here. You have been a longtime listener of the Biz Women Rock podcast and a member of the community, the Facebook group for a little while. When you told me a little bit more about what you do and kind of more importantly about like what you believe and your attitude about some things, I was like, oh, girl, we need to riff on this because what we're about to talk about is literally valid for everyone. Now, your business, as we're going to be talking about it, is mom empowerment. But I promise you listening, you do not need to be a mom to hear this message today. So I want to start with the first what I think is the heart of the question, which is, I don't believe in balance. I don't believe in this thing called work-life balance. I joke around that I like to call it intentional management of the things that are important to me in life. But you do. And you have a very clear reason why. Why is that? I do. And when I talk about balance, I totally agree that it is not doable to have a 50-50 split in life. That doesn't happen on a daily basis. It's not possible. But for me, when I look at balance... It's actually a long-term thing. So if you look at your life over the course of a week, a month, a quarter, a summer, a year, then balance is a much more attainable thing. And it's a very personal version of that. It doesn't mean that one hour of work equals one hour of personal time. Each one of those areas has its own, we'll call it value in your head. And what you, Katie, want from a balanced perspective is different than what I, Suzanne, want from a balanced perspective. I think that it is not doable for you and I to have this 50-50 on a daily basis, like exactly the same time we spend with our families or doing whatever it is that you want to focus on in life as focusing on work. And I think that's where people can get hung up, right? right? And that's where I feel very much like I can empower people because it's taking that away and saying, here's the deal. It's whatever you need it to look like. And that's kind of the heart of balance when I look at it. Where do you start that conversation with people? Like if people feel quote unquote out of balance or the immediate sort of, I think, thing that we feel or trigger is we're feeling stressed. We're feeling stressed. Something's out of alignment. Whatever the heck you want to call it, we're not feeling in flow. So how do you start the conversation with people that you've worked with, with people that you've heard from throughout all these years? How do you start that conversation of what does balance look like for you? Because that's oftentimes meshed with what it should look like, right? Absolutely. And that is one of the things that I generally ask upfront of, what do you think it should be? Then that one of the other first questions that I ask is, why do you want this to change? And it's not just that first glimpse of, oh, I want to spend more time with my family. Oh, I have a passion and I want to explore that passion. Oh, my dad is getting older and he's having more issues and I need to go to more doctor's appointments. You know, whatever it is. But there's more under that. That first why just gives you like a tiny little glimpse. And then you actually need to dig where you ask why a few more times. Why does that matter? Tell me more about why that's important. It's almost like you have to ask that four or five times to really get down to the heart of 
why do you want the change? Really, like what is driving the change where you're realizing something is off? This is not working for me anymore. And that's usually the pain point, right? I'm super stressed. I'm overwhelmed is usually like a big part. Like I feel like I've got too much on my shoulders. I feel absolutely not balanced. So how do I resolve that? And so you have to ask these questions to really unlayer what is really the focus of importance of life right now in this particular season. And you might see this in your language, like maybe the first step of the next year or two of what you want life to look like. It really helps you make decisions moving forward. Because if you sit there and say, okay, well, in this stage of work-life balance, I need to settle down a little bit because I want to find a significant other. That has been a conversation I've had before of this is what work-life balance really means to me in this moment, in this season of my life. Okay, don't take a job, a new job where you're traveling four or five days a week. Those are mutually exclusive. (laughs) If you are trying to focus more energy, even if it's a client of like, oh, it's going to pay me so much money, but I'm going to have to, you know, I live in Austin and I'm going to have to go to Miami three days of every week for the next 18 months. Okay, maybe those things aren't going to work so well together. It helps you make the decisions, but it can also help you do things like structure your day better. So it can become very fundamental to all of the decisions that you want to make that tend to be related to balance. How do you use productivity? What does time management look like for you? All of those little things are all interrelated. But if you don't do the initial work, then all you're doing is trying to put band-aids on stuff and you don't actually get to the core of the problem. Let's talk about this core concept that I feel coming up right now, which I don't want to say it's debatable, but I feel like it's charged with emotion and people have different attitudes towards this. So it's this concept that we can have it all. We can be it all. We could do it all. And it's a concept that I believe in, in my core being. And especially as a woman, like I was told that message my whole life. I was very lucky to have parents who instilled that in me. Like there were no such thing called, you can't do it, Katie, because of XYZ reason. I literally got set up to where I could do anything and everything, which is awesome. However, (laughs) thank you, mom and dad for that. However, a little bit of a drawback to that is, or what I feel like maybe a clarification title underneath there should be, but you still need to prioritize in a particular stage in life. And or maybe you just can't have it all, be it all, do it all in the exact same moment all the time, which is a hard pill for those of us who are super ambitious to swallow, especially if we want to believe in that or we, like, we're trying to work on the mindset to really believe that all of that is possible or we have it core built in our system that it is all possible. So what are your thoughts on that? Like When that core concept really comes up, especially we as women who are really trying to push our own individual boundaries of what is possible and expanding our mindsets because OMG, does owning a business force you to do that? What are your thoughts on that moment of when that comes up and giving ourselves grace or figuring out what that might mean for us in a particular stage? So I think the last part of what you just said is absolutely key to the whole thing of being able to give yourself grace in that moment. Because I do believe that we can have it all. But it is about priorities of the moment. And you have to give yourself grace that if you are a working mom, maybe you're not going to be able to go to every party at your child's school. Or maybe you're not going to be able to volunteer in their library. Whatever the case is. But it's about prioritizing. Maybe it's that you truly prioritize on work 
during the work week so that you 100% focus on family during the weekend. That doesn't mean you don't have balance and that you don't have it all. It just means that Monday through Friday, you're having it all is the office. It's work. It's your clients. And the weekend is like, I don't talk to my clients on the weekend. Email is off, right? (laughs) Yeah. So you kind of hinted at it in there of boundaries become incredibly important in that whole mix of things because you have to be able to say to your client on Friday who calls you and says, Hey, I need this by Monday morning at 8am. You have to be able to say... I really can't do that. We're going away for the weekend and we're going to a cabin and there is no internet. So I really can't switch that around. What I can do is I can get it to you by noon on Monday or you know whatever it is. Or here's what I can get to you by Monday at 8. It likely is going to be a much smaller thing than what they were asking for. But those boundaries become incredibly important. Let's take that conversation deeper because boundaries, I feel, is... A, a really powerful tool and a must-have tool for each of us to have. And we can only create boundaries when we do the inner work first to answer the questions of what is important to us or what are our values or what are or are we not willing to do. If we're looking at a holistic life, let's say, you definitely want to answer these questions. What are my values? And how do I want to spend my time with my friends, my family, my spouse, my kids, my doing extracurricular activities, staying healthy, like all of those things do the work there. But then because we're talking women entrepreneurs, there's this giant thing called what are my boundaries in my business? And I have experienced not only myself, but absolutely through clients like that I'm scared to put boundaries on my clients. This is what my clients are telling me. I'm scared to put boundaries on my clients or tell them no. Or I'm scared to put boundaries on what I am or am not offering because I should want that income, right? And I should be able to do all of that stuff. So can you give some advice on how to create boundaries for our businesses? And maybe that's time management boundaries. Maybe that shows up as different ways that we are establishing how we work with clients versus just answering emails all the time or all of that sort of stuff. Can you give some advice on how we can each deepen and I think strengthen our boundaries so that we are actually being really productive in finding that balance that we're all searching for? I think that that can actually become one of the core ways that you can have this balance that you're looking for. Because if you can have that conversation when you first start a relationship with a new client, it can truly set you up for success in how you want things to flow. Right. So it should be one of the things you include in a contract. But even more so, I still recommend that you pull it out and it be one of the things you mention in your email of just to make sure that you saw point 12 of the contract says, I generally respond to emails in X number of hours by the end of the day, like whatever it is that you're comfortable with with your clients. And that's also for phone calls. Because what if you're traveling? What if you're with a sick child? What if you're in a performance because you are super excited about whoever is coming to town? You don't want to have to deal with that. Like that's, and, but I think part of that is you have to decide and you have to have everybody agree. So your clients, your team members, the people who work for you, like your suppliers, whoever it is, everyone has to agree on what are your emergencies. What is an emergency? Because the truth is, so many things that are in air quotes emergencies really can wait until tomorrow. And so you need to kind of put that information up front, and, but have everyone agree to here are the times when we need to get on a call, we need to respond immediately, you know, whatever it is, whatever you decide the response is, 
everybody needs to agree to those. And I will say, you kind of need them on both sides. You need them on your family side and you need them on your work side because having 12 communications from your teenager about, I can't find my soccer shoes is not okay either. <laughs> like, like that. I mean, I was at a happy hour with somebody and she is a friend, but it, we were talking business and her son had texted honestly like six or eight times. And his last communication was pick up your phone and, or he had called, sorry, he had called six or eight times and he sent a text and he said, pick up your phone. So she picked up the phone and he's like, my soccer game starts in X amount of time and I can't find my uniform and freaking out. And she's like, your uniform is in my car. Your game starts at 7 PM. I will be there to pick you up at 640 or whatever it was. And if that had just been communicated early on, he wouldn't have been freaking out. She wouldn't have had the interruption. And, and I didn't care. But what if I had been a major business meeting for her? Right, right, right. So being able to figure this out ahead of time is incredibly helpful. But I will also say, we generally think of boundaries as work and play, right? Like it's the work and the family. It's the work and the something else. But you can use those boundaries in your day so that you can actually have more time management and productivity. You can think about whether it's batching because you do all of your writing in a two or three hour block on Mondays, or this is when you return phone calls each day. You can use boundaries so that you can set up slots on your calendar and you can actually become very efficient with your time that way. But I don't think we necessarily think about those boundaries. We don't think about like allotting time as a boundary on our calendar. We think about it as, oh, well, I allotted time. But you can even say, I meet with clients on Tuesdays and Fridays. I return phone calls between 12.30 and 2.30. What time works best during that time frame for you? But that way, you're really kind of more owning your time instead of reacting to what's coming your way. The practical term for the first part of what we were talking about is the processes and procedures. I believe that you train people how to treat you. So when you bring on a new client or even beforehand, you're basically educating them on how you work. Like I, I use this, here's how we work. This happens and this happens and this happens. And here is how that all happens. These are your processes and procedures in your business. Here's how a client gets onboarded. Here's what they're responsible for. Here's what I'm responsible for. Here's what the team is responsible for. Here is how we can be contacted. All of that stuff. And by the way, if you don't have this, it's relatively simple. It seems a little overwhelming, but it's relatively simple if you just dedicated an hour to sit down and think like, Okay, well, for this particular process... When is ideal for me to respond to emails? When am I finding that clients are wanting my time? And when is ideal for me to handle issues with clients or just have a regular meeting with them or all that sort of stuff? So if you just like stop and dissect how you already do things, you can glean a lot of your processes and procedures from there. Tweak what you don't like, <laughs> tweak what doesn't work, and figure out, well, you know what? I, I find myself having my inbox open all day and I'm constantly feeling anxiety over needing to respond right away. No. Why don't I put on an autoresponder that says, Hey, I will get back to you at this time or I will respond within a certain amount of time, whatever that be. So those are processes and procedures. And if you want to use that term for your family stuff too, you can. But it's basically the same thing. I wouldn't call it that, but it's basically the same thing. Here's sort of the guidelines for the family. Here's how we work. Hey, family, here's what an emergency is and here's what it's not. And I'll give you some practical examples as it relates to translating that stuff and your boundaries into time management and how that works. 
For example, I talk a lot about like time blocks and organizing my time and being super present for those time blocks and then being able to make the shift into the after work time block with the family. And I'm not saying that I don't do the other in each of those, but I re- it's very minimal. And so there's this thing called I have, you know, my phone for the most part is sort of like always around me during a work day. But if there's something that I have time blocked for that I'm working on, the phone goes... I'm sitting on it and it goes on vibrate and I can feel it when it goes off just in case. I may or may not look at it to see if it's an emergency, i.e. my daughter's school, right? But I think my husband literally is the only person that I will answer the phone call for. Not even my mom, not even any of that. Like I will not answer phone calls during that time. And even my husband, he kind of knows the rule. Like, hey, hey, what's going on? And if he just kind of needs to talk, I'm allowed to cut him off and say, hey, I'm in the middle of something. (laughs) And I call you back when I'm done. So like, it's really owning your time. And just like you said, taking ownership of that time and saying, this is my intention for this time. And so I'm not going to be distracted and really creating those boundaries of like, are you allowing yourself to have social media up during those times that you really need to be working on some creative stuff? And I promise you, the clearer you get about what is and is not quote unquote allowed during that time, you become so much more efficient, so much more efficient. You do. As somebody who focuses on work-life balance, part of that is how are you more efficient with your time? For me, I have a formula in my head. And this is what I try to share with the people who I work with. And that is that being efficient equals productivity plus time management plus staying on task. Because you need those three things to work together. Productivity is generally exactly how it sounds, how productive you are with your time. It's how you use your time. Time management is really that planning and controlling your time. And then the staying on task is whatever you need to do once you set your intention to actually do whatever your intention is. And that can be using software that doesn't let you access social media. That can be setting a timer so that for the next 30 minutes without any interruption, I must work on this thing. It could be turning off your email. A lot of us have that pop-up window that tells you what the next email is that you have coming up. What if you just turn that off? You know, I know it's like, (gasps) I can't turn that off. I turned those notifications off years ago and I used to get them on my phone. Like every time an email would come through, like a notification would come off on my phone. And I'm like, I turned that off years ago and my husband still has that. And I was like, oh my God, doesn't that drive you mad? It would drive me insane if I had, if I saw every single email that came in. But you know, a lot of people haven't turned that notification off. And so they see it come up. And I have no doubt that that causes stress. It's like, my client just emailed me and I just need to hear what... like I just need to read this response. And it's like, no, you really don't because you're not going to deal with that yet. You're going to deal with that in two hours. It will not go away. And if you really need some kind of something to indicate when like this does need your attention, this is an emergency, you know, you can always have put urgent response requested in text or what, you know, whatever. So that the thing that you do see will show this is something that needs your attention. But if you think about that formula, you have to do something in each of those different areas. You have to look at productivity, you have to look at time management, and you have to look at staying on task. Because if you do the other two, the one that you're not doing is going to impact the other two. I love those. They're all correlated. I don't think people necessarily think through that because you can be amazing. You could have the best approach to productivity ever. But if you're not good with time management, you're going to fight in order to be your most productive. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to have the conversation about 
the evolutions that we go through, i.e. what it really looks like when one season of what worked for us to have work-life balance and we feel like we got it down and it feels good and we feel really fulfilled in all the areas of our lives. That's what I consider work-life balance. Like we, I really feel fulfilled. doesn't matter what the equation is. Like It's specific to me in this particular moment. I want to talk about what it looks like to transition and to go into a new phase where all of a sudden something's out of whack. So number one, what is the trigger that we know how we're managing things isn't working anymore? And number two, how do we best approach when we know we're moving into a new phase and therefore everything that we literally had just worked for us two weeks ago isn't working for us anymore. So how do we find that balance again? You mentioned something a little while ago that I think really is kind of the trigger in how you continue to evolve whatever it is that's working. And that is, it's all about changing your priorities. There is a constant shifting in what our priorities look like. It doesn't have to be because of something negative. It can be because there's a great opportunity and I'm going to have to work a little bit more. Because I think for so many people, it's like, oh, but there's something bad has to happen for me to be able to... And it's like, no, no, no. You simply... Your needs change over time. And for me, the way that you can think through that is there are going to be days when things are off, right? But when you go for extended periods of time of two or three or four weeks where it is just not working. Whatever has worked in the past is not working now. That's when you need to reassess. You need to look around and say, okay, is it that I've taken on a new project with a new client? And this is a really great opportunity, but I am going to have to shift things around. Is it that something has happened? Or is it simply that maybe you have a young child who got a stomach bug and okay, that's going to throw you off for a few days. That doesn't mean that the whole game has changed. It just means that, okay, for those two, three, four days things are going to look a little bit different and you're able to put them back on track. So you kind of need to see like, which one is it? Is it truly a shift that you need to make? Or is it just, all right, I just need to get through this because whatever it is, is not helping me right now. Or even for that matter, like in my work, there are times when a client will say, just need one more thing done. But that just one more thing is like 20 hours of time. And that was not baked into my original scope of work. But it's like, okay, I want to work on that project. I really like this client. I have a little bit of a buffer before the next thing I'm working on. So that's okay. Those 20 hours are going to suck. You know, So you just need to prepare for that. And honestly, those things you just need to get through. You can figure out how to outsource options. You can figure outsource tasks, whatever it is. But then when it comes to this reassessment of like, okay, so it's not that this is just a hiccup. This is like, there's a shift that I need to make. And I feel like Once again, you kind of need to go through that exercise of why do I want this to change? You don't have to go through like this huge long process, but you want to be able to do that once again of, okay, why do I want things to change? And then you need to look at how are my priorities changing? What is this season opening up for me? But you also have to give yourself permission to be able to take advantage of those different things in the different seasons. Katie knows this, but I have a book coming out in late September. And if I only looked at the summer for how I manage work-life balance, I suck. Like this summer would be a horrible representation of my year, right? Horrible. But... That's not the case if I look at the whole year. It's fine when I add in all the rest of that time. But if I only looked at this summer, like I have failed miserably as a working mother. I mean, outright just as a parent, because there's a lot that needs to be done. If you think about kind of giving yourself a break for those moments. And in this particular case, 
I shifted how I look at, we'll call it my role. And instead of like being the fun mom who can go do stuff because it's baked into my schedule, I became an enabler of fun because I had to hire somebody to take on that role. So you just got to give yourself a break sometimes and figure out how to shift into the next moment and figure out what are the boundaries that I need in this particular case? What's really the opportunity? How do I want work-life balance to look like? What are all the pieces? Who do I need to help me? You've got to kind of reassess those. And sometimes you're going to have to do that several times in the course of the year. Work-life balance, you don't get to like set it and forget it. It is a constant shifting of the priorities that you have. And that is okay. That means you're actually paying attention. Yes. You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because A, literally, I feel like that is the exact truth. Like it is just constantly, at least in my life, something that I'm very aware about. In my life, the cadence literally tends to be like week by week. What do I need for this week? Right? Like, what do I need for this week? What's important this week? What are the priorities this week? And it can change week by week, especially again, we're talking towards the end of summer when I feel like there's no such thing as regularity of schedule. And in entrepreneurial life, there's really not always like regularity of schedule. So I love that you're bringing that back to the fact that just really always being aware of it and letting it change. And a tool that I use a lot is just a mental tool of knowing that it doesn't have to be for the long term. That whatever thing I'm about to shift to... For me, that looks like a schedule, right? Whatever schedule or priorities that are going to shift for me don't have to shift forever. I oftentimes use this mental note in my head saying, Hey, just for this week, this is what it's going to look like this week. Because usually I'll have the excuse of like, Oh, because next week we're going to be on vacation and I can make sense of it. Like it, but you're right. Like looking outward in time allows me to have more grace for the decisions and the priority shifting that I'm having in the moment. Yeah. And you know, I think kind of to build on that, it's really hard to have all of the pieces come together the way that you want if you are really only being conscious of it each morning. So if you can think about your week, like if you can take 10 to 15 minutes on Sunday night and just think, okay, what really are my priorities this week? What are the most important things that I want to be able to achieve? That's going to set you up for success in a very different way. And it, it allows you to kind of make those mental shifts that you need to make. And you can even kind of look at like, how do I need my day to look? Because it is helpful to know like how much time is X going to take? How much time will Y take? And have that built out. And you know, for some people, they're able to do that on Friday. That's not really... For me, I'm not in the mindset of my next week on Friday. I'm like checking out. Um, from that week on Friday. But on Sunday, just taking... And and that's why I say like 10 or 15 minutes, not like two hours. If you're doing two hours, you're already working. Yeah. (laughs) You're into the work versus prioritizing the work. So true. Yeah. But just take that little bit of time and figure out like, what are the things that I need to do in order to make sure? But I also do that every night. I take 10 to 15 minutes on Sunday night for the week, but I also take a little bit of time for what do I need to do on Monday? What is Monday actually going to look like? Because that helps me. It's like, okay, well, I need to write an article. Well, let me grab the research and just kind of stick it in the document so that I don't have to go look for it on Monday. I'm going to take charge and I'm going to make it happen as soon as I'm in that mode of work. My boys are at school and I'm like, work mode, here I come. But if I had to sit down on Monday morning and think through, okay... So what am I going to do today? I'm wasting time at that point. So I do that a little bit every single day. But I like to know what is my week going to look like? Because it's like, oh, okay, well, I have a luncheon on this day. And then 
I've got to be at this thing for my son's school. Like I can kind of figure out, okay, maybe I need to take a little bit more time on Tuesday because of everything going on on Wednesday. You know, you can kind of make those little adjustments instead of trying to make them the day of. Yeah, so true. It's really ultimately being proactive about your business, about your intentions, about your life, ultimately all of those things and really being able to just take many actions that are powerful that will give you the best results at the end of the day and ultimately make you feel good and make you feel happy. Like you're not just checking stuff off the list. Like you're really like enjoying your work. You're enjoying your family. You're enjoying your friends. You're enjoying the the time that you have given to each of the things that are valuable to you in your life. So true. Yep. I love it. Suzanne, thank you so much for this conversation. There have been so many beautiful nuggets in these conversations about how to really make this stuff practical and how to really achieve work-life balance. But it really does all start by asking yourself the question, what does that actually mean to me? Like, What does it actually look like? So I would highly recommend that you start with that question. And of course, I will have links to your book coming out, Mom Powerment, in the show notes. And we'll also put in the show notes a link to Suzanne's website so you guys can find out more about her. So thank you so much for being here, my dear. Thank you so much for having me. Today's show is brought to you by Active Campaign, the only email marketing system you'll ever need. After nine years with the same email marketing provider that I was really, really not happy with, I was desperately searching for one that was simple, easy to manage, and affordable. Active Campaign easily stood out above the rest, and I have been ridiculously happy with them ever since I made the switch. Emailing my community and creating automation series for special resources has never been so simple. Whether you're ready to start your first email marketing setup or you are searching for a new provider, I highly recommend Active Campaign. Go check them out at bizwomenrock.com forward slash AC. That's for Active Campaign. bizwomenrock.com forward slash AC. AC.